Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 603. The Small Rise I fought the urge to look behind us while he peered over the lip of the ridge, then scampered over. There was a bright flash as lightning struck nearby. The thunder was like a fist in my chest. I startled. Tempe stood. This is like of home, he said, smiling faintly. He made no attempt to keep the water from his face. Martin waved, and we stalked over the top of the ridge. Once we were out of sight of whoever was following us, I looked around quickly. Keep following the tracks up to that twisted spruce, then circle back, I gestured. Tempe hides there. Martin behind that fallen tree. I'll go behind that stone. Martin will make the first move. Use your judgment, but it would probably be best if you waited until they were past the broken stump. Try to leave one of them alive if possible, but we can't have them getting away or making too much noise. What will you be doing? Martin asked as we hurried to lay down a clear set of tracks as far as the twisted spruce tree. I'll be staying out of the way. The two of you are better equipped for this sort of thing. But I have a trick or two if it comes to that. We reached the trees. Ready? Martin seemed a little startled by my sudden barrage of orders, but they both nodded and went quickly to their places. I circled around and settled behind a lumpish upcrop of stone. From my vantage, I could see our muddy footprints mingling with the trail we followed. Past that, I saw Tempe position himself behind the trunk of a thick burl oak. To his right, Martin knocked an arrow, drew the string back to his shoulder, and waited, motionless as a statue. I brought out the rag that held the pinch of ash and a slender piece of iron, holding them ready in my hand. My stomach churned as I thought about what we had been sent here to do. Hunt and kill men. True, they were outlaws and murderers, but men nonetheless. I deepened my breathing and tried to relax. The surface of the stone was chill and gritty against my cheek. I strained my ears, but couldn't hear anything over the steady drumming of the rain. I fought the urge to lean farther around the edge of the stone and broaden my field of vision. Lightning flashed again, and I was counting the seconds until the thunder, when I saw a pair of figures slink into view. I felt a sullen heat flare up in my chest. Shoot them, Martin, I said loudly. Dayton whirled around and was facing me with his sword drawn by the time I stepped from my hiding place. Hespi was a little more restrained and stopped with her sword halfway out of its scabbard. And that's the page! I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. And Jeremy is in agonizing pain, being pecked to death by harpies and their uh, fledglings, as we established on the previous episode. Alright, here we are. Is that bit a bit too much, Jordana? I don't know, ask Jeremy. 
I can't. He's being devoured by harpies over the course of many weeks. I don't know. Have you heard the bits that we do about you when you're not here? No. Okay. Well, they're pretty rough, so I think we're fine. <laughs> okay, then. Well, then I'll, I'll crank it up a bit. I'll crank up the cruelty. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure we like buried you with the interns at one point. Yeah, but you know, the interns have formed a sort of. Uh, a sort of warm coating at the bottom of the pit. So it's really quite pleasant. It's like a down comforter. So are you telling me that our like intern bone ossuary is actually just like a giant hole in the ground? Oh, well, I mean, that would be, I, I, that would uh, diminish the architectural marvel uh, and all of the labor that went into it by generations of interns to uh, dig and sculpt it in such a beautiful way. It's really more of a, a sepulcher, you know, it's sort of an, an, a, a cathedral almost, like an inverted cathedral. It's really a work of wonder, eighth wonder of the world, you might say. So no, I wouldn't call it a hole in the ground. Okay, just, you know, just check it. All right, back to the page that we're on. Uh, stuff happened. I think it's telling that Quoth hasn't really grappled or if he has, he hasn't grappled enough with the reality of the task that they've been set to do. Cause only now is he really start to think about it. Right. This is the first time at least that he brings it up as a narrator. My stomach churned as I thought about what we had been sent here to do hunt and kill men. He's known that for weeks. Yeah. And it's funny too, because like Tempe brought it up, not that long ago, like when Tempe came back to the fire and was like, I killed two guys and I need a minute. Yeah, I guess Quoth was still kind of in in theoretical mode. But now that they're about to, as far as Quoth knows, get into a fight and Quoth's not not Quoth's first one. He's been in a fight before and he has committed grievous wounds. He's committed grievous bodily harm against people. Uh, so it's not like he's he's a stranger to that. But it is. I don't know what it says exactly that Kvothe hasn't really thought about that yet. Maybe he was just avoiding it. Um, I, I have a really like detailed view of, of, of like what's going on visually in my brain. Like I have like the movie playing in my head and I'm not sure if that's because like I've been in the woods when it's raining a lot or I think I was reading this part of the book for the first time when we had an unrelated D&D session where I was tricked into thinking I had accidentally caused the death of our entire group. <laughs> and I, I literally cried. Do you remember that? Our D like Graham made me cry. <laughs> I was so upset that I had killed everyone, but I was reading this part of the book around the same time that that occurred. And I had imagined the two things in the same place. So like, I have a really distinct view of, of what this place is. You've like kind what of it looks been like, here multiple times. Yes. Yes. I feel like I've, I've been here before and I will be here again. Hopefully not killing my entire D and D party. Uh, well, the total party kill is a, a, a rite of passage, Jordana. I was sobbing, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I was so upset that I had killed you all. <laughs> and I was actually, I was honestly, I was not at all upset that it had all been a trick. I was just relieved that everyone wasn't dead and it wasn't my fault. <laughs> well, I think Graham knew that. Graham was an excellent DM. Yes. He really knew his audience. Uh, I think that uh, it's interesting that Tempe is so chill 
Tempe is like Tempe knows they're being followed. It's not like he's not aware of what's about to happen, but he's like so at ease now. He's in the rain. It's lightning. He's about to get into a fight and he's smiling. He's like, this is this is like of home. This reminds him of being at home. Maybe it's the fact that like there's always a fight close at hand or maybe it's the weather. I I feel like it's the weather, but I do think it's interesting that he says this in the middle of a, a place of tension. I feel like it's not the weather in the sense of rain, but it is the weather in the sense of thunder. For some mm. reason, I have like an idea that like when Quoth is visiting the Adam, I feel like there's a lot of like wind and thunder and storm, but not a lot of rain itself. Yeah, I don't remember there being a lot of rain. Certainly it's the Stormwall Mountains. I also don't remember a lot of thunder. I need to keep an eye on that because in my, in my memory, in my mind's eye, there's it no. Might be that there's a lot of lightning, and I think of it as thunder because the two compared often. I don't even remember lightning. I just remember there's wind because of the sword tree. Maybe I'm just making shit up. Maybe, maybe he's thinking about the sword tree. Maybe it's all the rain. And the only other thing I want to talk about on this page is uh, how probably not that useful the sympathy is that Kvoth has prepared. I know he's supposedly got the ash from the fire, so he can do some kind of you can siphon the energy from the fire but seems to me like in the middle of a pouring rain is not going to be able to do too much plus you know as we know from our outside uh knowledge dayton has not been tending it so it probably isn't even isn't even out anymore and it actually made me think of something else is that we never really see anyone use sympathy to like make a bullet right or like shoot a bolt or a piece like you'd think that it would be a pretty easy uh, jump to like, you know, transmit the, the energy from something into kinetic energy and send something flying. And that happens with the siege stone, I suppose, the siege stone that Quoth uses to stave in the door. But I was just thinking about how in a movie you wouldn't really be able to, not well, you wouldn't be able to, it would be harder to visually communicate what's happening when you're doing sympathy because you're just like causing someone to like get hurt. Right. There's no, this is not like an action sequence. And I feel like uh, one way that you could cut that corner and probably cheapen the text a little bit is have people doing sympathy by like causing shavings of metal to like fly around. So you could have like essentially a firefight with sympathy. I don't know okay, why I'm so- thinking about that here and now, but I just, I feel like, this is like is a good opportunity to like, you know, to have like a sympathetic weapon that shoots like bolts or like essentially a gun. But I guess, you know, I can also see Rothfuss being like, I don't want to have guns in this. So I'm just not going to have them use sympathy for that. Like there's probably more efficient ways of doing battles with sympathy than making sympathy guns. So your brain went right away to projectile when you saw a slender piece of iron and plus sympathy. Yeah, exactly. I didn't make that connection at all, but it makes perfect sense now that you've mentioned it. I'm like, oh yeah, what else, what else would you do with a slender piece of metal and an energy source? But is that what he plans uh, to do? I don't know, but that makes a lot of sense. I have no idea what he plans to do. I cannot even imagine really beyond that like what you would do i was thinking like maybe he'll make the metal hot and then he'll poke someone with it and i was like (laughs) i don't know i have no idea but also since you brought it up when you're thinking of how would you do this in a cinematography way like how would you do sympathy you know when i feel like it'd be like more in like medical shows or like 
when they're showing someone in like a like a superhero show and they get poisoned or something but like you're looking at a person and then like not only do you zoom into them but you seem to like go through their skin and then you like see like close up their veins or something so like let's say you were like making someone's blood boil with sympathy you would like do the close up and then you'd see their veins and you'd see their blood boil kind of thing and then you would like zoom out again yeah that would be sick and that's what's happening to jeremy right now (laughs) because the vultures what what has him again whatever they are they have sympathy they can make blood boil i I think it's a sort of toxin that they inject into him that when are vultures toxic these are herpes they're sort of uh hideous human bird hybrids and of course they are imbued with many magical capabilities reasonable I feel like they have a sort of a toxin that they use to tenderize their meat that they inject oh, like into ceviche, the ceviche, but for people. Exactly, exactly. So uh, upon being pecked by the vultures, Jeremy's flesh is sort of naturally tenderized with a sort of natural uh, vinegar, you know, and like begins to uh, begins to decompose, but like not in a not in a rotting way, just sort of becomes a jelly. All right. Well, that's yeah. um, disgusting, and you know the the more you know. That's right. That's right. Well, it's easier for the fledglings, you know, to keep it down because it has to be a very soft consistency, as they don't have. Yeah, they don't have their their teeth yet. They're really just a bunch of gaping. They just maw. turn Jeremy's bones into jello. Yeah, that's right. Especially the bones. The bones they really need to gelatinize, so they just get saved for last, of course. Right. Okay. So. Any other notes on the page? <laughs> um, Quoth, uh, a bit of interesting play with uh, with information at the very bottom here, where Quoth recognizes that it's uh, Dayton and in a bit of like punishment, I guess, says shoot them, Martin, like loudly. Like he's clearly, he can tell that that Martin knows that it's them, but he wants to scare them a bit. So he says, shoot the Martin before it's revealed that it's Dayton. Even though by then, Quoth has noticed that he says he feels the sullen heat flare up in his chest. He's real angry. And he's trying to punish them, giving them a scare by faking for an instant that he's telling Martin to shoot them. Oh. Interesting. So I didn't read it that way. Although it makes sense that you would. So I read it as he sees these two figures and then he wants Martin to shoot them because he thinks that they're bad or something. But then, of course, I guess, why would he say it loudly? They would just go ahead with their plan. Exactly. And to me, it's the word sullen. I understand like if a heat rises in his chest, that's like the adrenaline of fighting. But the sullen heat, sullen is like angry, sad, disappointed. So that's what the sullen heat is. Yeah. And that make that yeah, that makes more sense. Definitely upon certainly upon my first read and essentially upon right now our my second read. Like I knew that it would be Dayton and Hespi, but I think on my first read when I read this, I definitely would have been confused at first. I would have been like Dayton, Dayton world around. What? Huh? Why is Dayton here? Like I would have definitely not I I would have completely missed that sentence. It's fine because I would have figured it out later, but I don't think I was close reading enough on my first read to get that right away. And I'm sure lots of, like, I'm sure other people miss it. I'm sure it's not just me. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's not just you. That's all I have on this page. I believe we have a segment that we do every day when Jeremy's away. Ah, yes. The uh, 
I forget the name of the segment. That's how that's how bad it is. I I don't even remember what it's called. I also forget what the segment was called. I believe it was called. I think it's. <laughs> it's like I don't know. I oh it's I don't have an idea. <laughs> I don't have an idea either. <laughs> so let's move on to the end of the page. I remembered what it was called. Okay. I think it's I don't know, and I'll see you tomorrow. Well. I don't know, and I'll see you tomorrow on another page of the win. Still waiting for the third person to fill in. Win.